Nintendo. chat for the week of July 21st, 2016. I am Jose Otero. That is Per Schneider. That is Brendan Graber. And this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Quick shout out before we begin. Uh, there's a couple things happening right now. Number what? one, there's a Comic-Con live stream. There is a Comic-Con. There wow. is a Comic-Con in San Diego happening right now. And there was some awesome Nintendo coverage coming to it. There's a couple game de- play demos that are going to be on stream. But if you head on over to IGN, we also have a video of the NES uh, Classic Edition. Yeah. Brian the thing uh, is and tiny. Damon got to hold it. Yeah, it's very, very cool. It's like, um, they it's also like played... Yeah, there you go. They also played Paper Mario Color Splash. <laughs> they also uh, played Metroid Prime Federation Force. So folks should definitely check out the impressions nice. and footage. We got some stuff coming there. Um, next, if you like the show, you can review us uh, on iTunes, just like good friend of the show. Uh, and I guess I, yeah, it was Charlie Gatson reviewed us. Charlie Gatson. This is a really long review. So I'm going to try and just get to uh, the good part of this thing. No, I, I mean, the whole thing is nice. Thank you, Charlie. First of all, I've been a listener since day one of this podcast, even before it started, when it was called Week in Review. On a personal level, it is near and dear to my heart, and it's been with me through all the highs and lows that come with being a young adult, leaving high school, to getting a first job, a first car, and even getting married, and everything in between. Um, And just like me, it has gone through phases over the years. Awkwardness, weirdness, borderline inappropriateness, ripening, and maturing. (laughs) Fortunately, for new listeners... (laughs) NVC is at its mature phase. Polite, professional, and family-friendly are words that come to mind. More importantly, and much like the company in question, Nintendo, it's fun. Brian is funny, um, is a funny character who always helps listeners put the week's news into perspective for us average people. Pear is not only an industry legend over the past 20 years of experience, but also a father of three. Um, His insight and knowledge is invaluable, and parental perspective is always welcome. And finally, I'm not going to read what it says about me, but it's really nice. (laughs) Go look it up. And deep, and deep, uh, rich love of Nintendo is something all three share in common, so don't expect the fanboy's perspective of Nintendo on this show. What I love is uh, most about this podcast is not always about the news. Anecdotes and peeking behind the industry curtain are commonplace. If you're a fan of Nintendo and even vaguely interested, this podcast is a must, hands down. Oh, man. Thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah, I'm not going to say how many stars, but it was generous. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, as always, if you like the show, not only tell your friends about it but head on over to itunes it helps with visibility let us know if you love it if you hate it if you want more of it uh all right so let's start with some news and then we're going to talk about uh legendary detective legendary picked up the detective pikachu movie uh then we're going to talk about (laughs) metroid prime (laughs) federation force danny devito may have a chance five (laughs) tips for pokemon go uh that brendan brought in for us uh before we go into the question block so Nintendo's getting a lot of benefit from this Pokemon Go app. Oh this app that does not have their name anywhere on it. It's, it's there, small. It's small yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. You can see the Nintendo in there, yes. The fine print says Nintendo, but more right. importantly, to the common person, Pokemon and Nintendo go together like, you know. Uh, He's in the pod. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I was I mean, going to say it, green it, eggs and but ham, but, but I was it, like, wait a minute. It demonstrates, the, it demonstrates the power of 
past marketing, right? Like you have this brand association, just like Final Fantasy for a period was associated with Sony to the point where it was like when it came to Xbox, like what? Like it felt wrong to play it on Xbox. Um, and now those those days are over. Yeah. But yeah, Pokemon has taken another step into not being 100% Nintendo, but still N Nintendo reaps the benefit beyond just the uh, beyond beyond the. Uh, you know, the obvious monetary benefit of having a stake in the Pokemon company. Mm -hmm. There's tremendous marketing value there. And I got to think that this is going to help with uh, 3DS releases. So I yeah. also hope that Japan just woke up and said, wait, what? How yeah. much has the stock gone up? Yeah. According to Bloomberg, Nintendo traded 470, uh, 476 billion yen. That's 4.5 billion US dollars on Friday last week alone, Oof. which broke the record, which was previously held by uh, an energy company, Tokyo Electric. Mm. Just insane how much the stock price has ticked up and a lot of it being that people are associating this with just a smart move, a smart play, an IP that people uh, endear and love. Um, yeah, I just hope that when Kyoto woke up in the morning and saw how much the stock price went up that week, that it signaled to them, hey, Obviously, they were already taking mobile seriously, but the revenue is there, man. Like you, you have to do this in a smart way. And I think Go's biggest accomplishment is that it puts that brand on a phone, but it's not directly competing with what Sun and Moon is. And I think that's something Nintendo keeps saying they want to do. Pokemon Company did it first. Mitomo, regardless of how much it is like Tomodachi Life in terms of its style of presentation, it chose to not be that by being a rebranded experience. And it did not make good on Nintendo's promise that this would sit aside their products and promote the other half of the of the equation, right? Like, you could play Mitomo, sure, you know, you, you feel good about having licensed Nintendo gear, like from Splatoon or something, but it doesn't, it doesn't inform you about it. And, like, I hope Pokemon Go, once the 3DS games are out, will actually market those games so that people know there is a device called the 3DS you can buy right now. You can play a very different, probably much better game, honestly, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, not as universal, but um, that there is another Pokemon game out there. No, yeah, I think um, I'd be surprised if we didn't see any sort of marketing as we got closer to the release of uh, Sun and Moon, like seeing like, hey, if you enjoy this, guess what? There's a 3DS game coming out with better battle mechanics and explore the game a different world, like unlike the world you're in right now. If that doesn't happen, then it was just lip service. Like, that, you know, when Nintendo said, don't worry, we will use this to market our other platforms and we'll not be a mobile first or mobile only company, <laughs> that I, I feel like... They need to really show that that See, approach is that they're taking it seriously, and that's where they're still but we've going. We've got to go. I think maybe we should follow up with an App Store expert uh, just to find out can you advertise another platform on um. the App Stores, on Google Play? On, like, I know there's, well, there's uh, advertising all, right, all over well, some apps, right? Well, but I just wonder how directly can that advertising be? I think this is a lot of free brand advertising for Pokemon, clearly. A lot of people are being re exposed to that brand, and potentially Sun and Moon can reap the benefits from that. Problem is, Sun and Moon is still, what, like four months away? Th three or four months away from now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's a November game. So we have, we've, we've really mostly seen companion apps, right? Where That's you're right. playing a game like The Division or Destiny or whatever, and you have an app that reminds you to do things in the game, right? So there's definitely a marketing relationship between an app and a game that works together. This is obviously a little different. Now, what becomes interesting, though, like let's say Animal Crossing on the 3DS gets an update, mm -hmm. right, where it supports Amiibo. 
And at the same time, they add something else that then lets you interface with an app game, right? That's a good point. Yeah. And like we know there's an amoeba, then we know there's an Animal Crossing app get, app coming well, out. They right? have said it's going to have some sort of crossover functionality with another future Animal Crossing game. And I don't think they meant the New Leaf update, which I forgot to put in news, by the way, so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, but we don't know what else got added to New Leaf with this, right? Mm -hmm. If the, like, ostensibly it is Amiibo support. It's like, let's ask about the timing. It's like, wait, what now? Why are you adding Amiibo support now? I'll tell you why you're adding no Amiibo, Amiibo are support. Selling for that. <laughs> yeah, the Animal Crossing Amiibo set, I, 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 from all, like, anecdotal evidence, bombed. Like, you walk into Best Buy, the shelves are lined with the Animal Crossing series. Yeah, but here's the nice thing about mobile apps. You know or your Target daily active users, and you can measure how many people are playing. It's very difficult for Nintendo to figure out how many people are actually actively playing Animal Crossing I don't at this think point. that's true. But a lot of Nintendo 3DS software does say to you, do you want to send over usage information to Nintendo? I think they do quietly yeah, track that stuff. But your 3DS is, most it. of the time, your 3DS is not connected to no, the internet. No, if you jump online, it is connected right? to the internet. Okay, but again, this device gets played a lot when you're not on mobile, on, on, on an actual network. Your phone is always connected. We always know when you're playing a game and you know the usage, which with the 3DS, I bet, especially with but kids, care. I bet you're getting only like, you're getting like 5% of but the care, data. I, I would agree that mo the most time that platform is being played, being a 3DS, it is offline. However, when you are at home, even if you're not connected to the internet, it still connects to your Wi-Fi. It's still sending out information. You get your spot pass info that way. I would not be surprised if they have been quietly tracking Animal Crossing time for so, a very so you long think this, time now. See, I don't believe this was... The point I'm trying to get at, sure. I don't believe that this update to Animal Crossing was motiv motivated by so many people are playing Animal Crossing. No, it has nothing to do and with so that. I'm not arguing that's what that I'm at saying. all. Like, I don't think I don't I think, think this was a rescue plan for is, Amiibo. I don't think this had anything yeah. to do but with... But a rescue plan for Amiibo only works when the people actually care about the game that the Amiibo that connect too. to. And like, if people have moved on from Animal Crossing, it doesn't make sense. That said, there is a new Animal Crossing coming out. And like they, I do think Nintendo thinks that this new mobile game will get people to talk Animal Crossing once again. So that's smart. I'm, right? I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but I will say that Animal Crossing, though, unlike most games, has the longest legs possible because you are going through basically a daily simulator. And there are some people who get on that ride and yep. never get off. More casual players. My wife's still on it. Your wife still she plays it. Read start her. Own I file. have friends whose mothers still play it. That's like, true. This is their only game. They, they are very much casual gamers who stick to one game, and it is Animal Crossing. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how this is going to work. Numbers. Yeah, like, but I, it would be that. Like just hearing, oh, we're gonna we're gonna patch in amiibo support. I think that will do nothing. Yeah, like I don't think it's gonna spark sales of the amiibo, and I don't think it's gonna make a lot of. Uh, it, you know, some people will go back and play it just try, to try it out. But, I think it depends but, on how you market but I, it. But I think this is a, I think this is a sign that something's coming. Not just a mobile game, but actual connectivity to this game that's going to get patched in. And then secondly, smart. maybe a bundle or something else that, you know, is supposed to reignite your enjoyment of that game. Be like, it, it, it is like, if you think about Animal Crossing as a social game like compared to any of the kind of like the harvest based games you had on mobile platforms they update a lot right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. and like even your puzzle games on mobile you'll get a new tile set a new something added mm -hmm. and animal crossing was very stagnant yeah and so i'm hoping that this signals the start of something a little bit more and it's interesting that it was so stagnant only because in japan they try harder to sort of use animal crossing as a way to market things for example there's right. a splatoon location a splatoon town you can log into there's yep. a nintendo town you can log into and they do a better job i feel 
of marketing that those places exist yeah. through uh, Japanese social media and through just the way that they share news. Uh, whereas over here, we don't really hear about it. We don't see it. They don't talk of it or mention it. Um, but I think it is really smart to point out that this must have something to do with the mobile app. I still think this is partially predicated by the Amiibo sales thing. And only look at it from that perspective because even look at like this week, Star Fox Zero got a, a, a downloadable demo that has the video that they released. Uh, I, for, I forget what, it, what, the, what the name of it was, but the one that they teamed up with uh, the people who make um, Attack on Titan. Yeah. Mm. And it has the first playable stage or, or, or basically the training area. Yeah. And to me, that is basically... It's a lame attempt at it, but it is a rescue plan to try and raise awareness for Star Fox They're stretching Zero. it. It should have been out before the game came yeah. out, but unfortunately, it's out now. No, they're stretching things. They definitely have some time to dedicate to the existing platforms um, you know, while waiting for the next one to drop. And yeah. so they're doing a bunch of stuff that is supposed to reignite interest in, in some of the titles that, that are out there. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, I, I love getting, like if they did a Mario Kart drop right now, I would go back in and I would play it. Right, mm, so sure. I actually love that approach. So how can you say that about Mario Kart, but not about Animal Crossing? Be- because Animal Crossing, think think about the type of game that Animal Crossing is. Like I am personally, I mm-hmm. am so tired of that game. Like yeah. I feel like I've done everything. So even if you give me a new set of things to collect, it's yeah. like fundamentally the gameplay is the same. I just got to do yeah. all the stuff I've done before just to get like a Splatoon freaking like dresser or bed, right? Yep, like yep. that to me is not an interesting way to reignite my passion for that game. Sure. If I there was a new gameplay element. I think for some people it is, but I think you're right. And I also think uh, to a point you said earlier, they don't do a good enough job of introducing enough new items over the lifespan of an Animal yeah, Crossing. Like, like yeah, like Splatoon did where there, yeah. it was always continual updates. Absolutely. Whereas this is like way past. Yeah, this yeah and, and Splatoon is you get a new map. So fundamentally your gameplay is altered. Yeah. Whereas like, come on, we, we know the Amiibo integration is not going to be you know, something significant where you feel like you get something really big and new. Right? I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it's probably going to be like bring a villager to your town, or it could be card. branded merchandise for that particular amiibo, the universe yeah. it came from. You know, yeah. if you have a complete Super Mario tile set uh, for your house, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, it's very vague, but yeah, yeah, it, it is a strange move, but regardless. We'll, but we'll see. I I like it. Like if I sound negative, it's just because I'm like I'm 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 a little confused. That it's happening now, mm-hmm. um, and not at the same time as hey, here's our Animal Crossing mobile game, and as as of this week, you can do all this stuff in the mm-hmm. 3DS game and Amiibo now work, and suddenly sure. you have a really cool story with a lot of angles and yeah. a lot of incentive to go back. So New Leaf did sell really well. It was probably the best selling installment from the portable, yeah. one of the best selling installments from the portable versions of Animal Crossing, uh, probably behind the DS version just based on install. But I'd have to look that up. But regardless, um, I do feel that I think it all depends on how they market it. I think it depends on if the message is cool and if they find a way to get that message in front of that audience that either is still playing that game or missed out and now feels like now's the time to get it. Especially if 3DSs are cheap, you can't tell me that new content coming to Animal Crossing won't pull them in. And I do think New Leaf is an example of a game before Amiibo changed the way they were thinking about things. You had Happy Home Designer came out and it did okay, but it's not New Leaf numbers, right? Like New Leaf was very much like, holy cow, this did well. This is the audience we want to cater to. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. I mean, 
cool but cool, weird. But, <laughs> but what the heck? <laughs> cool, but now? Spend, yeah. <laughs> spend more spend more time making cool games. Okay. Uh, speaking of cool things, uh, there is a live action Detective Pikachu movie coming from Legendary Pictures, which the announcement of which absolutely guarantees that that game is coming out in the West. Cool, but me. now? Um. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I mean, we, it was a, it's been a, a while since we've. Uh, well, Brendan. Oh, I mean, there's this thing called localization. Also, Brendan. Also, Pokemon maybe just a little bit more, bit, bit more popular a right bit, now. Yeah. What, what, a little bit. But then Pokemon 2000 was that yeah. not the time? Yeah. Was it too soon? I think uh, Detective Pikachu is still a new brand. I think it was an oddity, honestly, when it came out in Japan and people were wondering, is this going to go west? I think a movie guarantees this is happening for sure. Yeah, like that definitely. game. For sure. I mean, just announce it already. Like, let's not pretend this is not coming out here. If you're going to do a movie for it. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, I, I love this idea, by the way. Like, I, I just, <laughs> Talking I mean, Pikachu? So who is going to voice him? Danny DeVito. No, there's no. It's still very early. According to Hollywood Reporter, who who basically reported the story, plot details and character details haven't been revealed quite yet. But Legendary hopes to start production in 2017, which is next year. Universal Pictures will distribute the film internationally, except in Japan, where it will be distributed by Toho Pictures. Sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that Netflix was also interested in acquiring these rights. Wow. Yeah. Netflix once again at the table, but not quite there yet. Yeah, uh, we haven't heard anything Zelda new on thing. that Zelda story, yeah. so maybe it was just bull, yeah. um, which is a bummer. Yeah. But um, Netflix has been doing some good stuff. Stranger Things is good. Chef's Table is good. All mm. the Marvel shows are really enjoyable. So like, I would be confident if, if, they, um, if they handled something like this. And Voltron was good, oh, yeah. right? And so uh, even if they did just standard animation, it'd be great. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, it's, it's a funny concept. They have to prove that you can stretch it for a movie, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like it's like Ted or something, you know, like these yeah. kind of movies that action. have like yeah. a, a funny central character. They can, can they can wear thin after the joke is over of like, look, the teddy bear can walk and, uh, you know, totally. Pikachu can talk. Doesn't sound like a cute little teddy bear. It's the same with Pikachu. Detective Pikachu sounds like a man, you know. Like a cranky. I want to see the casting call for that. Yeah. <laughs> any other any other hopes for the Detective Pikachu film? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I just don't think Pokemon Company would let a craptacular film come out or get made. Like I feel like those guys would have some controlling aspect over what's happening. I wanted here. the same thing for Nintendo, but we got Super Mario Brothers in movies. So. Yeah, that was years ago. I know. Yeah. But that was, that was that, two I feel decades, like that can't happen. That can't happen again. I hope that's just a, a warning sign, just like, hey, don't yeah. let this happen. But, I mean, think about it. Like the Star Wars is a great uh, example where you have really high quality licensed stuff coming out, and then you have some really terrible ideas too, right? Like mm-hmm. anytime something enjoys a surge in popularity, you're gonna make some quick decisions that may not lead to the best product out there. But you know, we at haven't least seen... it's not a Pokemon Go movie. That's right. We oh, already have emojis. Gonna, we you know, it's called real come. life. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Walking around, uh, but I guess we should transition to it since we keep dancing around this. Pokemon Go, Brendan is here uh, as one of our wiki's correspondents, one of the guys in the trenches who every day is walking the extra mile to try and find that Pokemon for Literally. you. And so he, he's, he ain't kidding, kids. So uh, <laughs> tell me then, uh, so you brought us five tips for the Pokemon Go player. So if you're listening to this podcast and you happen to be taking a walk... Oh yeah, it's a good, good, good idea. Yeah, there, there are there are hundreds of tips. We're at, we're compiling. Uh, I think by the time this comes out, there will be a giant best Pokemon Go tips page, which you check out for all of them. But I grabbed the ones that I like the most, the ones okay. that have uh, resonated with me. Uh, the Got first it. one uh, being 
that you can't catch all the Pokemon, all 150. Um, there's a couple ones that haven't been in the game yet. The legendary birds, obviously, yep. Mewtwo. But there are also Zapdos. some that might be harder to catch because they're region-specific. Uh, so What? Yeah, people have found that uh, Tauros only appears in the wild in, in North America's in Canada. And uh, Farfetch'd only appears in Asia. Mr. Mime only appears in Europe. And I think... Wow. Just those four. Right, uh, and, but somebody did it, right? Yeah, somebody like, got you, them all. You can hatch them, too. But that's the thing. If um. they, I think Mr. Mime might be in a 10-kilometer egg. The rest of them are in 5-kilometer eggs. And it's a very big pool of Pokemon. But it, if you want to find those and don't want to get a plane ticket, you have to hatch eggs and get lucky. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Kangaskhan appears in Australia and New Zealand. Um, so when we go... Man, that is brilliant team. and terribly mean, don't mm, you think? I, I, I agree. <laughs> I also hope trading comes in soon for that yeah. uh, thing. But uh, I, I like that concept, though. If you could trade, I mean, back to Animal Crossing, right? Like, if you had different fruit, we, we needed to yeah, trade, well, right? Like, furniture, I, lo- I, I love that concept. Like, if yeah. you had to trade with an Australian to get... Really, Kangaskhan, they really made the... Marsupials, Pokemon, yeah, yeah like, Why okay. That's a little and on the nose, Mino, Mino right? mimes are always in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mime is from France, that's yeah. right. Well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> right. No, Taurus the bull, I mean, is that that Americans are stubborn? Like, what's uh, the Bison. Deal? Huh? Oh, I guess that's yeah. true, too. Buffalo. I thought Stinky, maybe, or something. Uh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean... Uh, sorry, just, just as an aside, talking yeah. about Pokemon that are in the game, no one's caught a shiny, right? No one's caught... There, there was a Photoshop attempt. It was a bad Photoshop attempt. Also, Ditto is not in the game yet. No one's found well, you don't know. If because he could be an <laughs> Any Pokemon. I would love to see a Pokemon show that just has like a blank face. <laughs> what? You have to catch it. Ditto is among us. You just don't know. But yeah, they Ditto have, may be a Pokestop. They have his file. Like you can see his, his silhouette in the Pokedex, but you, no one has caught him. Yeah, uh, that's like, what I'm saying, man. He's right there. I really you hope probably, so. Uh, you probably uh, uh, already sent him away and converted him to candy. <laughs> he was that Weedle you threw yeah, out. Yeah, you got you pink candy from yeah, him. It's probably yeah. half the Pidgeys you've caught yeah. were, were accidentally dittos. What else you got? Uh, so this is something that I've noticed in San Francisco, but you can replicate it elsewhere, but it will probably take a little more effort. It's uh, like a Pokemon farming simulator. Uh, last weekend I went over to uh, where the beach is, and there is a very odd little scenario where there are uh, a bunch of Pokestops that have lures going like 24-7 and there are hundreds of people there day and night in front of this uh, Ocean Beach Chalet wow. restaurant. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonder to behold. And so I started thinking about how can you replicate this? And this is something that really you need to look around for. You can make it yourself, but it takes, it takes effort and it probably takes money if you're mm. by yourself. Yep. So probably get a, a couple of some friends. It's probably going to take six dollars. Six right. whole dollars. <laughs> So the thing to keep in mind is that to make your ideal farming simulator, you need to find several Pokestops in a very close proximity, uh, like maybe three to five. And this, if you have a stadium or something like the like sports stadiums seem to have a lot around yeah, them. Big parks with yep. sculptures and murals or signs. Yep. Um, I think you can even check uh, Nantic's last app, Ingress. Mm-hmm. It kind of like tells yeah, you. Yeah, you can use it to scout yeah. Pokestops. So you can kind yeah. of look around your area, like where do you see yeah. big things popping up, and then go check them out yourself. And then if you do find this wonderful area that has like maybe like within walking like a 10 feet distance, then you and hopefully your friends just 
pop down lures uh, on all the things. Sorry. <laughs> Just give me this. Keep going. I'm glad you're not seeing this if you're seeing audio. If you're watching the video version, you saw what just happened. I think I saw the edge of a tattoo. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Keep going. Right. So it, when you have these lures on all four or five spots, you have basically an infinite spawning Pokemon generator where uh, hopefully if you have a good location, like this one was by a park and an ocean, mm-hmm. so you have... Uh, like, you know, grass Pokemon and water Pokemon. And for some reason, there was, like, Magnemites and Voltorbs here showing up at the, the lures. Just because of the three lures. Yeah. And ah. so the so half of it is this this Pokemon spawning generator you have. The other half is because you have so many Pokestops, you're constantly refreshing your, your Pokeball supply so you don't run out. Ah. So you just do, like, a little walk in circles yeah. and keep going for hours. So and, you went to Beach Chalet this weekend. Yes. That, hundreds of people yes. out there. And well, it, it was just were like... Were you afraid for your life at any point? People were so nice. I, okay. I, I feel bad for the restaurant owners. Yeah. Uh, like they had to have a security guard in the parking lot going, are you parking here for food or are you parking for Pokemon? Get out, please. You're kidding. No. Oh. Really? It's a, it's a very small parking situation. It is a very small parking situation. Be but then I... they they kind of wow. got in on the fad. It's also snooty part of the town. But anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. True. But then they realized if you can't beat them, open a snack stop. Well, and outside the restaurant, there's a little snack bar with hot dogs and hot cocoa. Okay. So another fun thing is, if you see one of these Pokemon farming places in action, bring some food. Okay. <laughs> Make some money. Yeah. yeah and yeah. sell some. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the Pokemon Go lemonade stand. That's cute. Um, another <gasps> quick thing that I noticed mm-hmm. uh, is a small tip for if you're catching Pokemon on the go and you're tired of waiting for that Zubat that's hard to catch or the wheel you've caught 20 of. I've noticed that... After you encounter the Pokemon, it mm-hmm. says you encounter a wild whatever, and then it does a little thing, and it starts to zoom out. At the moment it starts to zoom out, you can toss a Pokeball. And you can get them extremely quickly that way if they're a low enough level. Mm. So like a Zubat can be really annoying because they kind of go back all Up. the way, yeah. and yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm flinging yeah. like 100. Or every time they get out of the ball, they get further away. I've yeah, noticed. I'm so just like, if Wait, what? you encounter a Zubat, the second the camera starts to zoom, the pan back, you flick it out. So right yeah. upon it appearing. As it it or, appears, it, yeah. you will you have a you small know, window in between yeah. when it, it appears. It will be a small and window, and then it, the camera starts peeling yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. And if you're not playing with AR on, which yes, I hope you said that. That's a big yeah. thing. To Play with AR off if you plan to walk and catch. Just yes. uh, putting that out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been really helpful for me like, over the past couple of days. I just like, I see a Pidgey, bam, done. Like, don't have to All worry right. about like trying to catch it. If they're higher level, they might break out, but at least you have that first quick catch opportunity. I cool. always get really burned when I'm like level 22 and a 72 CP Pidgey just bounces oh, yeah. on the first throw. He's just like, I'm out. I caught like, like how of, can you get away? I, I am superior. I caught <laughs> like, a how CP is this possible? Your balls are bad. <laughs> I caught a CP 800 Nidorina first try regular Pokeball and then a 10 CP wheel. It's like, nope, I'm out. I'm like, Get in there. Yeah. It's always painful. Yesterday, ah, you guys I hit have problems. Oh. Level 22. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, oh, I couldn't load the thing for two days. Yeah. It oh. would not open for me. It would uh-huh. hang on the on the status bar. Speaking of Weedles, my next big tip, hopefully you've heard about it. It's called uh, the Pidgey exploit, but it could be used for other Pokemon. Is This is oh, using this the Lucky Egg, which you get a couple times when you level up. Usually like, like 10, 15, 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy them too, but they double your experience for half an hour. And the best way I found to make use of that is to go on a mass evolution uh, trail when you activate that. All right, that. Darwin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is how it works. So you basically need to find as many Pokemon as you can that evolve quickly, which are Pidgeys, 
Weedles and Caterpies all it's take like 12, 12 candy yeah. per one. Yeah, that's right. I use other ones. I usually get a bunch of Zubats as well. Yeah. And <laughs> you then, can't help but get a lot of Zubats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. And so every evolution you do gives you 500 experience. If you use the, the lucky egg, that's 1,000. If you also evolve into a new Pokemon that you haven't encountered before, mm. that's an additional 500, which is that different 1,000, which gives you 2,000 experience for evolving a new Pokemon with the lucky egg. Nice. And so if you have like... 20 Pidgeys, you can make thousands of experience really fast. Look at you, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. that's been like how I've gotten some levels. Yeah. And as you get past wow. 20, that's what you need to survive. Then the good days are over because yeah. after level 20, every additional level jumps by 25k XP. So to get to level 23, I have to get 100k XP and it's going to jump up again when I hit 23. Starts mm. to get frightening, and uh, it gets scary. You know what? It's it can't be done as quickly. Though. It's necessary because, like, you know, unlike slow down progression, unlike yeah. a yeah. lot of mobile games, this one there's there's skin in the game here, and, and that gyms get really tough to to kind of beat and combat at when you're a new player, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not that. Like think think back to like Candy Crush or any of these games that are very friendly for new players. Yep. Um, this is not that friendly, and so if it doesn't slow you guys down at one point, new players are just not going to no, be able to come in. No, I think that's one hundred percent fair. Yep. Yeah. It kind of follows like an MMO progression, where the higher character yeah. levels, the longer it's going to get. So someone who's level like forty will be going a lot slower than someone can catch up. So you're saying this is the Barons of Pokemon? Yes. You played World of Warcraft? Yes, you remember I have. the Barons? Barons chat is. <sighs> Those oh. were the days. You were yeah. there forever. Barons and wetlands. Yeah. Oh. That, that was. You played World of Warcraft? A little bit. Yeah. Won't say much more about I'm, that. I'm glad we survived. Yeah, we did. <laughs> now he's, we're stuck he's got in many Poco- secrets. Yeah, no, we're, we're a whole new. Now world, we're stuck in Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the last tip is a quick tip, but one that I didn't realize until someone on Reddit, I think, pointed it out. Mm. What they data mined the game, and they realized that incense is quicker if you're moving. So incense, you put it around you, and a Pokemon will come to you that are independent of the ones in the area. We'll track them. And I've been doing it in the office or at home, and you get like one every five minutes. If you're actually walking around and it tracks that, they spawn much faster, like a minute. Hmm. So you can use that with your Pokemon farming while you're going between Pokestops to get a lure Pokemon, incense Pokemon, and then wild Pokemon. Hmm. And that Jeez. would really increase your output. Okay. Man. Yeah. And that- if you can't get lures or if you can't get incense, uh, as you level in the game, specifically when you hit the 10 increments, mm-hmm. they seem to give you some as, as sort of a reward. So like Basically at level 20... Five levels. Yeah. At level 20, I got um, two... Incubators to incense to lures. Yeah. I was like, or XP eggs sometimes get worked yeah, in yeah. there too. Yeah. So I actually haven't used, I haven't bought anything. I've been exclusively getting those rewards and then using those to power up my, my levels. Okay. And then also, if you really don't want to buy, last uh, kind of tip, if you really don't want to buy anything in the apps, you can get Pokecoins by putting your Pokemon in a gym. Once you do that, you go to the shop. In the top right corner, there's a little shield icon. You tap it and you get 10 Pokecoins per Pokemon you have in the gym at that time. Mm. And then it gives you a counter for like 21 hours, which you can do it again after that 20-hour oh. Okay. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, the game doesn't <clears throat> doesn't explain a lot of that Just stuff. So, yeah, spoon. it's helpful to have... Yeah. Uh, it's also the biggest wiki in IGN history, apparently, yes. right? In yeah. the history of the site, this is well, the no, top No, no, no. In a, in a one-day period. It in did, a one-day yeah, period? Yeah, yeah, not yeah, historically? Like, like, no, like, look, Grand Theft Auto... The Grand Theft Auto games are insane. People look for content for years. Yeah, Elder Scrolls, GTA Five is still... But, yeah, insane. Pokemon had a, a one-day record for us, Pokemon yeah. Go. Yeah, definitely very popular. Sure. Okay, Um, so really quick uh, shout out mention is that IGN has started a dedicated Pokemon show. It's called uh, IGN's Pokemon Secret Base. It is a show hosted by the talented Callie Pluggy. 
And you should check that show out because they do take some time to discuss this week's Pokemon Sun and Moon announcements. Specifically, what's going on with Global Link, what's going on with battling and friendly competitions. So we're not going to talk about that on this week's show. Instead, I want to point you to that show, which should be coming out relatively soon. I don't have a release date yet. But I can say that uh, we recorded the episode yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully, you will enjoy it. And we definitely want to bring you more content across every Pokemon experience, not just Go. Yeah, this has been a fun experiment. We started with, I, I think, was Destiny the first uh, was topical mm-hmm. show? And yeah. we obviously did some stuff, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. And, and uh, we did Vault, Vault for Fallout, yeah. so Overwatch. So we, once in a while, we experiment with, with new shows that are about one subject. We used to have uh, Call of Duty, like, every week we did, like, a, um, the, the top kills or something. So, you know... The way we decide what what topics to cover is like if they're popular and they're notable and we have a lot of people asking about them, we'll try a show. And, you know, the topics have to lend themselves to long-term coverage, right? Like, Zelda is a good example. Where it's like, I think at one point you'd run out of things to talk about. Whereas, like, a game that evolves is a... Is a not, well, never I've, say never. Yeah. But a game that evolves like a Pokemon Go or like a, yeah. an online game like World of Warcraft, um, they really lend so themselves I've, to So I put this. my foot down on the Zelda thing only because it's one of the few topics we have to discuss every once in a while, which is why we started Hyrule Times. Yeah. Um, as, as just an experiment of just doing dedicated Zelda stuff. You put Did your Put down as in squashing something? Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I asked for us to skip that one only because I feel yeah, like we NBC about should yeah. at least use you know a week a week's episode to instead focus on a big Zelda thing like we did with Breath of the Wild, yeah. like we did with uh, Zelda you know sixty four before well, that. Well, if time. you take Zelda out of NBC, that's it. Yeah, what are we going to talk about? We're done. Hey, yeah, no we're way. Pokemon you still got Mario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's, Where's that my... new game, Nintendo? Where's <laughs> <laughs> that Galaxy HD collection? Yeah. Come speaking on. of uh, just supporting Anyone? a game over time, Splatoon Splatfest is finally coming to a close this weekend. July twenty second is the final Splatfest, the last one. You're not getting any more after this, and it is Kali, Kali, excuse me, versus Mari, which is, of course, the the, the two hosts that uh, love to talk to you to death at the start of any time you boot up Splatoon. This is still a really fun competition. It's one uh, just recently. They also got amiibo that were released, um, but you pledge your support for either Team Kali or Team Mari. Yep. And uh, this weekend you are going are you to playing? be playing. I will be playing. I'm out. I'm I'm not at home. You're going on the the vacation, vacation correct? Yeah. yeah. What team um, you on, Jose? I will tell you in a second. First, I'm going to tell you what stages it's are Team up. Mario, um, I can tell you already. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Are, am I really? Yeah. Actually, I'm cheating, uh, but I'm going to tell you how in a minute. Right. So uh, the stages you will be playing uh, were up by vote. Nintendo opened up the polls, said, hey, what stages do you want to play for the final Spl- uh, Splatfest? The winners were Kelp Dome, which I hate, Moray <laughs> Towers, which I love is Moray okay. Towers. I love that one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. And then Walleye Warehouse is my favorite. That's this was the one. first stage we played when we flew up to NOA to play this game for real. Z's not uh, when we played it at E3, which was a different stage. Um, I really enjoy While I Warehouse, so I'm really looking forward to that. So the way I'm cheating is that I'm playing both sides. I'm oh, double man. agent. Um, so on the U.S. system, I think I pledged Mari. <laughs> on the Japanese system, I'm going to pledge Kali, and I want to jump Kali? across both. Yeah, I want to jump across both and just experience both sides of it. Although playing Splatfest with Japanese players, scary thing. Yeah, oh, good this luck, will be man. on a on a JP Wii U. You can't do that on a, on an American one. Just yeah, I feel like Splatoon player got like added to the curriculum at schools and in Japan. Like yeah. it's it's a job <laughs> now. Splatoon 101. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. I mean, there's some really talented players um, yeah. playing in Japan. There's a 13 hour window where you're just dead if there's a Japanese player in the room. Yep. But anyway, oh, what, what team are you on? I think I'll go Cali. Okay, what team are you on? I'm Team Gone. If you had to, if you had to pick, who would you pick, and why? 
so Callie uh, is the more informative. Mari is the one that's kind of ditz. You know what? It's I actually I I don't I don't care. It's more driven by what my my daughter is yeah. gonna pick because we got to be on the same team. Got it. And yeah. you're not team taking the Wii U to, to Hawaii. To Hawaii. Huh? You're not taking the Wii U to Hawaii. No, that'd be crazy. Okay, that would be. Crazy. Um, I'm really surprised that Splatfest didn't go a little further in terms of the kind of matchups it did. Like some of them were like love yeah. versus money, and that was cute. Dogs versus cats. But I was hoping for like Mario versus Luigi. I love the Pokemon theme one. I thought yes. that was a really smart red versus blue mm-hmm. or yellow versus red in Japan. Um, not yellow versus red, green versus red in Japan. Excuse me. Yep. Like I thought those were really smart. They had like sponsored ones in Japan where there were like flavors of like milk tea yeah. <laughs> up against each other. That one was yeah. weird because the color, ramen. the color on one. Of those did not look like something you wanted kids to don't, be uh, throwing around. Don't worry, it'll be back at uh, at launch for the NX with the uh, Splatoon, right? Yeah. So maybe Mario edition. versus Luigi. What are some other matchups you'd like to see? Sugar Just versus salt. Sugar versus really? No, like you put me on a spot. I, I can am only think you on of food spot. when you put me on the spot. Think of Nintendo I'm hungry, games. huh? Nintendo, Nintendo uh, Metroid versus Blast Ball. Ridley? <laughs> Oh, well, I guess he brings this up because... <laughs> Triforce of Power versus Triforce of Courage. Oh, yeah, you okay. could do... Well, you can you can only do you two. two. That's my problem. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What about Peach versus Zelda? Yeah. Who's the better... Pr- the princess face-off? Yeah. What yeah. she got? Mario versus Waduigi. No. DK One versus side. Bowser is the bigger, bigger... Bet. Who's the better villain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was the better Mario villain? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, if you got an idea Oshido for... Oshido versus Noir. We'll read some of yes. these off. Uh, I like that. Oh, wow. How yeah. did that not happen? I don't know. You didn't let me think long enough. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> just how did that not happen? Like, you had an opportunity to market uh, Fire Emblem. Did I, you just think it was a different audience? I think they were. No, I, I just no. think they haven't done enough of them. Like, mm. uh, you, I mean, the topics they picked were fine. Like, yeah. they tried to go mainstream with some of them. In Japan, they went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have some of the vendors in yeah. Animal Crossing go against each other. Like, Tom Nook versus, I don't know, who's who's a bigger crook over there? It's it, Rossetti. It, like, yeah. Again, like, back to the concept of marketing something, you could in Splatoon market a new release like mm-hmm. they did with a, a puzzle panel or Mario Ma- yeah. Mario Maker what happened to those yeah they kind of yeah. dropped off yeah, yeah. they tapered off a little mm-hmm. bit but Mario Maker was the constant let's uh, let's promote a game coming out they Triforce did. Heroes got one yeah, Splatoon yeah, yeah. got one yep um, but Mario vs. Zelda one. would just be a great one too yeah. you got red versus green and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. totally would work too I agree alright All right. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and when we come break back time. we are going to be talking about I lost my notes but we're going to be talking about, oh, this thing called uh, this demo for Blast Ball is out now. So when we come back and pairs done with the orchestra, we are going to talk about that. And then the question block. So stay with us. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider and Brendan Graber. And uh, Brendan, if you, I forgot to point out, uh, so we gave our five tips of Pokemon Go. Um, If there's any misinformation, how can they get in contact with you? Or just help you update the wiki, right? Like, what can they do? If you want to shout at me, you can do it on Twitter at Raga underscore Fraga. It's two Gs per. Uh, And if you want to help with the wiki, we have our IGN's Pokemon Go wiki guide. 
anybody can make an account there and edit a page, help us out. Or if you can't, just email guides at IGN uh, and let us know. Fox I love page. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I I don't know how you got your job at IGN, but like I I just love the idea, you know, the the story like that Jared Petty can share, right? Like mm-hmm. we at IGN knew Jared bef- by his username. Uh, was it Tamago Sensei? Before he actually worked here, because he um, he edited a couple of wikis, got to the top of the rankings page, and we're like, "This guy's awesome," you know. Yeah. And so we had him visit the office, and it was funny because we recognized him just from his little portrait on yeah, his IGN icon. Yeah, it looks yeah. the same, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, we brought him on full time. A lot of people start contributing, and we see their work go. Oh man, you're doing pretty good. You want to get paid for this? Yeah. And we send them a game, and they work on it. I- I think I, there's always the perception that it's you, you, your edits are invisible in a wiki, right? Like because you're, you're contributing to the mass. It's not like the days of game facts where you're writing one fact or something. We right? still get a couple but, of fact submissions that they go in a little little neat little corner. Aw. but <laughs> like here, like you rise fact. to the top, we definitely see your name. Sorry, I yeah. don't mean to laugh at that. I just I picture your corner as like packed full of like facts it, and guides. It, it is <laughs> okay. No, fair enough. But uh, yeah, consider checking that out, please. Now uh, today, surprise, because it's Comic Con, pro- possibly I don't. know. Or maybe just because this game needs some promotion because they didn't do it at E3. But Nintendo released a demo for Metroid Prime Federation Force. Uh, Specifically, Blast Ball got a demo, Um, which is an interesting move considering, I mean, granted, you know, Comic Con's a good time to promote things. This game is coming out in August in the West um, Mm -hmm. and in Japan uh, a couple days later, I think. I think it's the West first. or same time, regardless. It's more the idea that this was the thing that kind of sent folks into a rage two years ago at E3, yeah. um, or last year at E3, and uh, now it's a playable demo that's on your 3DS. Clearly an attempt to at least let you try before you buy. But was was it Blast Ball that sent people into a rage? Oh, it was, yes, it, it was. It was the sports. Yeah, specifically. I, I, think, I think the beginning of it started with the sports angle on Metroid Prime, which right. is a small part of what Federation Force is. Federation Force largely is a four-player co-op style Metroid campaign uh, where you're not playing as Samus, which is another That's what I thought was, was at the core of the controversy is that, first of all, it didn't look very good in the early demos. It didn't, uh, you don't have the iconic Samus character. Instead, you have these bulky, super-deformed little chibi loading droids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was at the heart of it. Like, Blast Ball also... I think it was a bit of both. Yeah, I think it was a bit of both. If I, if, I had to, if I had to pinpoint it, I would yeah. say it's a bit of both. It's not having a Samus adventure, but then also, hey, what's with the sports thing like Rocket League did this Rocket League did this better is how a lot of people cynically view it um, and they're well, not wrong Rocket no, they're right. I mean like better. playing the demo yeah. Rocket League does it better it does um, you know some some classic Lucasfilm games uh, that we talked about you know like Ball Blazer did mm-hmm. it better Striker um, uh, and Mario Striker more, did yeah. it better but that's not to say it's a it's a bad game or a bad no. demo I, th- I think it's absolutely worth downloading yeah it's worth um, giving a shot we played it this afternoon uh, myself Pear and Armando from IGN syndication team uh, we have a let's play up on the site but I mean so let's talk about this I think my 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 problem with the demo is not that it's a bad demo I just think that the main selling point the thing that I think you want to sell a federation force potential federation force consumer on is is the co- is either the campaign or the co-op like give someone a mission two missions where they can play single player or they could play four player download play and just go off try it out this is the ideal experience that we want you to try yeah. whereas blast ball is a small part of it it's a competitive part of it and competitive games have legs but 
to me, it's just, it's not the thing that I think would sell folks on. It just sells mm-hmm. them on how the controls work, which I think the controls are actually good. Yeah, I mean, it was I, obviously behind the scenes, I think it was easier for them to crank out a demo for this because they had already produced one for E3 in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. and maybe it's also easier to play this against bots and, and you know, against computer enemies and, and yeah, but it is a it is a shrewd move. Like if you don't read a lot about it, you download this demo, you get the impression that that's what the whole game is, right? Yeah. Um, that said, though, I mean, like when you when you play it, like I can imagine people having a lot of fun with it. It's a it's a neat little game where you basically jump into a, a mech and then you uh, you shoot a ball and try to like you f- literally shoot at it with your cannon with mm-hmm. your gun and you can with motion control aiming you can actually select um, or with a new 3ds with a second stick right the mm-hmm. nub you yeah. can select where you hit the ball and give it spin or lob it and then your your friend uh, you can use download play or or just connect with yeah. with uh, with them and you can play online can can like hit it out of the air like those moments are really fun yeah. like when I set up a shot and then you hit it yeah. and it goes in the goal those are the moments this game comes alive I agree they don't they don't it's just look not great. that many of yeah. those moments no it, it's a mix yeah. of yeah that uh, there's not many and also there's just not that flair of like a really cool setup move or you like taking off into the sky like I just feel like there is there's something missing in between right like making a goal in, in soccer right which is what this is based off is something that mm-hmm. sets off a celebration and excitement a hype Ooh. level you get goal for like all of like two minutes um like th- that's part of the the appeal there and I, I i you know i'm not a huge soccer fan but i love that moment yeah i feel like this game isn't good at celebrating that moment it's, or making you feel like that moment was awesome i mean when you shoot a goal there is they try to give you the ample reward of like big goal animation and they do a replay and all mm-hmm. that but i hear i hear what you're saying i think i think inherently rocket league is more exciting like yeah. it's on a big screen and I think there's a big difference. If if this had been produced for the Wii U, I think it would feel more exciting. Like when yeah. you see the visuals and the the fluidity of it, but also it's a little slower. This mm. game is not does not have that fast speed of the cars. It doesn't have as much variety. Like yeah, you can jump and you can sidestep, but yeah. it doesn't feel as yeah. you know it doesn't feel as rewarding and fun. And power yeah. ups launch out of the the ball that you're shooting mm-hmm. over time, right? At, depending on how many shots consecutively you get. Uh, you'll see a power-up sort of fly out of it, and it depends on the trajectory the ball is traveling or the zone that it's in, and that power-up has different abilities. So we saw one, for example, that you can, like, rush forward, and you basically have a faster movement speed than everyone else there. But then, you know, we saw others where, yeah, um, you know, there were different abilities. There were some that were more defensive. Um, But I do feel like the area is very contained, and that's probably the result of just being a portable game. Um, but what I've played of the single player of the campaign yeah. is what I believe sold me on wanting to give this game but a, isn't, a fair isn't, shake. There is a small portion a, in that game. There's right? a training section yeah. that you can try. It unlocks after you've played a few matches of Blast Ball. Yeah, so and don't don't miss that. Definitely yeah, play. It's, Blast but it's Ball. not on par with the campaign stuff I have played. Oh, it's see. just a, it's a neat tease. It's not it's not a great tease, but it is a neat tease. Uh, but I think you need a little more than a tease for the person you want to sell this game. Makes sense. I, I like definitely frankly. agree with you. I mean, I think I I hope that this doesn't cement people's decision to not try it because they only see the small portion instead of the big foot forward. Mm. I mean, I, I just remember. Did you ever play Rayman Legends uh, multiplayer mode? Like there was like a little soccer mini game in that one. Yeah. And trying to imagine if they had just demoed that and not shown you like 
a music at the, level. the music level. Like that's what you put forward to go like, hey, this is what yeah. you want to play. Don't show the side mission that's like, okay, that's cool, but like that's not really the focus of this game mm. for a lot of people. And I, and I played the preview thing too, and I had a lot more fun with co-op missions. That's I, right. We I, were playing yeah. on the same team. Yeah. Uh, that was a couple of months ago. I feel it was like February. Yeah, and that know? that really is like, oh wow, this this is there's so much more here than just a a sports little like shooting a ball through a goal thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping people don't go like, oh, they're just going to show this and I'm not going to even try anymore. For like, sure, for sure. There's more to this game. Yep. And hopefully this is not the end of what Nintendo has to say about Metroid Prime or just the Metroid series, which this is its 30th anniversary year, despite um, Nintendo not really having something ready. Where I feel is like it? I feel Sad like Nintendo doesn't uh, celebrate anniversaries in general unless there's a new product tied to it. I mean, Mario Maker was a great example of that. The prior Mario, like 25th the year of collection. Luigi. That's the one oddity of it all to yep. me, right? Like, that's the one that you're just like, well, really? There was no, like, big game attached <laughs> well, to it. There was Luigi's Mansion. They tried character marketing a little bit more. And yeah, yeah, it is a bummer because Samus is just an inherently cool character yep. to look yeah, at. Right. It's an interesting character. It was a female character in gaming when most heroes were male. Yep. It's like, there are all these cool stories you could be telling, but you need product. You need a new game for it. And this one is unlikely to be the splashy big thing that will... You know, that, that would take a 30th anniversary orchestra for push Metroid. That there would be you amazing. go. Yeah. All right, so then let's transition over to the question block, which we haven't done what? in a while since the uh, since the What's live this show. Feature? Um, you know what this feature is? Four minutes, uh, at least four questions, um, if we have time permitting, because we got another show coming in. Um, coming in hot. Part of yeah, coming in hot. Although that show was late to let us in, so they're giving us time, so we should be fine. Uh, we love you, Kevin Naki. So, uh, first question comes from George Taran, who says, uh, "Hey, with the phenomenal early success of Pokemon Go, do you think this will embolden Nintendo to publicly discuss their future mobile games ahead of their previous internal timeline? Maybe some concept art for Fire Emblem or Animal Crossing, etc. People are enamored with the game he saw my Pokemon Go and hyped for the potential this illustrates with other Nintendo properties and what it means for NX as well. I would love to hear your thoughts." Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change their timeline. I don't think so. Either. Especially if they're at a high right now, right? Like the the stock boost, um, I, I'm sure was was still welcome, mm-hmm. um, despite their their low level of involvement, direct involvement, yeah. and which they also said in the Japanese press, they kept on saying like, "Oh yeah, this is Pokemon Company. This is not Nintendo's mobile initiative." Like they clarified that a lot. No, I don't think they're going to change their timeline. I think you know they're they're, they're not going to show anything early. No, mm-hmm. and honestly, I mean. I have to think that the way Pokemon Go, um, the level at which it monetizes, which is very, very high mm-hmm. compared to a lot of mobile games. I mean, we're talking, we're talking serious um, revenue on this game. I got to think it's sending Nintendo back to the drawing board in some respects, unless they had a kind of similar setup already. Mm-hmm. Um, See, Animal I, Crossing is going to be an interesting one because, like, when you think about Animal Crossing as a mobile game, it can be one thing and can be another thing. It can be absolutely amazing, and it can have a respectful uh, way of of monetizing, you know, offering the user to buy something. But it's hard for me to imagine something that's as powerful as Pokemon Go has built. Yeah, yeah. but Animal Crossing does appeal to a, sort of a, a very casual audience, right? One that yeah. um, more exposure to that brand can be a good thing. Maybe not to the extent of Pokemon Go, but definitely something that folks would like to check into more than they would Mitomo. Yeah. Now, I will say that one thing that Mitomo at least said about Nintendo's mobile strategy and Pokemon Go echoes it is that, and again, Pokemon Go not being their game, but... The mobile market is not about 
hype. It's not about pre-release hype whatsoever for most products. It is that it shows up one day on the App Store and you download it. Like it's all about seizing the opportunity of a game showing yeah. up and you grabbing yeah, the attention of, of, a, of a user. We saw very little of Go before it came out. We saw a demonstration at E3. Prior to that, we had our 30 minute You guys walk. got to play it, right? Yeah, yeah, but we weren't allowed to show a ton of footage. Right, right, like we right. got into the beta, but we weren't allowed to show any footage from that beta. Like Understandably we with that game. Parts. It was also it's, a surprise launch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. But I just think that um, at the end of the day, if anything, it just causes them to pay more attention and make sure that however those games, Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are going, they continue to proceed on schedule. But mm -hmm. I think with Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem, they are in a unique place because how do you not infringe on what those games are? Like Go has this really neat concept of AR and traveling in the real world to catch Pokemon. I don't think Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing really but, have a, an exit strategy like so that, like a, side, a sidestep like well, that. Well, the core Animal Crossing game, the way it was released on handhelds, mm is a great mobile game. The thing that I always felt was missing from the handheld games was the reminder that it exists, right? Yeah. And let's not forget, farming games or kind of life sims are very popular yep. in mobile, mobile mm -hmm. right? Like the hi history in the, yeah, in the past, we've seen social games that, that are kind of like were cribbing from Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon and games like that. The, the issue, yeah, what, what you have now in mobile is a system where when you get a letter from an animal, the game can send you a notification, like, aka a text message with that, you know, like, they can break that wall. Yeah. But I'm worried that because Nintendo is so concerned that they're replicating the handheld game experience on mobile, you're going to get something very limited. Yeah, yeah. that's and what I worry over, too. Limited for me is lame. That's yeah. like, oh, you have a companion to that game where you organize stuff. Sure. Especially right. like Fire Emblem, like trying to see that on a mobile. Like, I don't mm. want it to be like a Fire Emblem Lite where it's just like tap to attack. And like, I don't want the, like the Pokemon Ghost and we're just like, okay, I have like, I can like just like... Okay, now <laughs> yeah, the battle yeah, being like the it, weakest part of it's going to be an interesting transition, and I hope they they can find a way to do it right because uh, mm -hmm. I really like the the, the franchise, and yeah. I would like like a nice campaign that doesn't infringe on like I'd rather play this over that, like something I can play in the off time. Yeah. Well, I don't have Fire Emblem, but with Fire Emblem, you can still do this thing where you get a completely you get a story, or you get completely different missions. Whereas with Animal Crossing, like the core conceit of the game is built around this interaction. It's not a storyline, right? Yeah, and so sure. if you do an Animal Crossing game on mobile, it's gonna be like Animal Crossing on 3DS. And that's time. All right, next question. Sorry, I, no, I love okay. our, our timer buzzer. Uh, you look you so too. happy for a second. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. all. Well, actually, yeah, yeah I should be. Um, so, <laughs> next question. Uh, coincidentally, this wasn't uh, uh, sort of coordinated in any other way, although it's I am. Charlie the guy who it is a Charlie. Oh my question. God! Yeah, <laughs> Charlie. That's what you, you get. Got, you got you double us, the love. If yeah. you leave us a good review, we'll that's definitely not, read that's your. That's not an MVC promise. I will ever make. Jose is corrupt. Don't get Charlie's question in the email right here. All right. Next question then comes from Andrew Martin. Now, uh, let's answer Charlie's question. So, with all the success, another Pokemon Go related question, by the way. Yeah. Uh, or IP question. With all the success and positive media Pokemon Go has received the last couple of weeks, it's clear to see intellectual properties have a lot of power in the marketplace. You've touched on this a bit last week as you attributed most of the game's success to it being a popular IP, which we said on the show. Yeah. The, my question is, how do you feel Nintendo is utilizing its current stable um, of IP? The potential that it has seems limitless, yet we've only seen Nintendo struggle in recent years. 
they're sitting on a gold mine, but have decided not to mine it in the most aggressive way possible. Um, so he's just curious on our thoughts. Like, how's Nintendo sort of handling the IP? I think this is a weird question to ask, though, right now, because I feel like at this moment, Japan finally woke up to a lot of things. It, and it is that we need to spread this IP out more. And I think we're starting to see some really smart partnerships, like what they did with Vans. I think it was a very smart partnership that once the NS Mini, uh, NES uh, Classic Edition Mini got announced, just another reminder yeah. of your NES is out there in the wild. Then you've got this Universal Ride coming out, which uh, or Rides coming out, which is still in development and design. Mm. You have the potential for Nintendo to do movie partnerships. So I think... More recently, the you know the the sleeping dragon has woken up. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. So I, I feel like up until this point, yes, outside of Japan, Nintendo was not doing a fantastic job making sure that their IP was visible in a lot of places. Outside of you know running into Bowser and Wreck It Ralph, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you didn't yep. really see a lot of attention around Nintendo. Uh, connected IP and I think Amiibo helped wake them up to that too yeah. just the idea of having this retail presence with a figure with a toy yeah I feel like I mean if you look at the the other two console makers you'll notice a very similar story story right like the PlayStation I feel like multiplayer PlayStation was put on the map by games like Twisted Metal and then we didn't like there was this long gap where you where they didn't take care of that IP and made a new game and I think that's one of the issues of working with a lot of different developers who sometimes feel like they want to make something different right mm -hmm. and like yeah you could you can absolutely look at Nintendo's history for kind of dropping Metroid at one point dropping F-Zero at one point and not renewing those or Kid Icarus like basically forgetting that franchise existed mm -hmm. until like it got dragged back into the world kicking and screaming in Smash Brothers, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, recently they said we're going to market our IP more aggressively, meaning they're taking care of, they're taking more control of licensed goods, right? Like actual licensed goods you can buy like T-shirts. They're taking control of the movie licenses and the TV licenses. This, this Pikachu announcement sounds, right? This story mm -hmm. sounds like it. And then Universal Studios, right? Like the team up with, um, with companies putting out parks. So I feel like they're viewing that now as their next generation of franchise care, what we as gamers would love to say is for them to say, hey, every four years or every three years, you're going to get an F-Zero. You're yeah. going to get a proper Metroid. Well, I think yeah. it's going to continue Which, with like a SNES I don't think mini. that's going to happen. No, but I do think you're going to see like an inevitable SNES, SNES uh, Classic Edition, right? They've, uh, they've attached a Classics label to all of this. Yeah. I think mobile IP, uh, just that expansion is going to help them out a ton because look at Pokemon, this Pokemon resurgence. And in a couple months when Sun and Moon come out, comes out, if that breaks records... Who's to say Go wasn't partially responsible for yeah. it? Brendan, yeah. go for it. No, that's true. Like, I really uh, I want to see what happens in the next few years in regards to how Nintendo tracks these new IPs. Like, if we see if these movies do well, if these uh, attractions get a lot of like steam, like where are they going to go from there? Like, yeah. we may yeah. not get the the games we want, but if people respond uh, reasonably well to these new like IPs branching out, like. That might say like, hey, maybe we should make another game for this because people like this ride or yeah. they like yeah. seeing this character out here. Like, yeah. well, I, oh, I maybe there'll be a wave race ride. Well, and I hope <laughs> even the the world store, okay, like uh, like expands, right? Like every major city, at least eight major cities, should have a Nintendo World store in them. I feel like, especially by the time NX comes out, you do want a distribution chain that's not just your Best Buy or yeah. your Amazon.com or your other retailers, like you want to have your own presence where you're shipping your product and thereby shipping the related stuff with it, the t-shirts, the plushies, the controllers, the games. Yeah, especially with this IP stuff branching 
out. Like, yeah. if you are being more, have you licensing merchandise? Like, why not go one step further and have your stores? Uh, there you go. Yeah. Right on time. I like it. All right. So, uh, we got. I like how we fizzle out with just like that, that yep. buzzer. Yeah. Yep. yeah, buzzer. It's over. No, sometimes right. we let the buzzer keep going while, while you finish. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this one comes from. Hang on. Uh, Charlie oh. Gatson again. No, Thank you for the review, no, no, Charlie. No, 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 Rare no. double question. Us are no reason. Oh, I forgot to put a name. Oh, no. This is from. Okay. I hope this is right. Uh, I may have. Not on his game today. That yeah, shit, not, that a, not, a, not a little bit. Um, all right. This is from Eli, uh, which the subject line was Remember Nintendo Power? So back yes. in April yeah. of 1999, Nintendo Power reviewed uh, the first Smash Brothers game, and although Nintendo Power was one of the most biased reviewers ever, as he feels, they gave it a measly 7.7. They were so underwhelmed with it that Beetle Adventure Racing was the game that made the cover of that issue. Also a good game. That. Good game. Yeah, good game. But weird choice. Do you remember any other games that underwhelmed reviewers at launch but became absolutely groundbreaking among the public? Uh, I mean, Pokemon Go is an example, but I'm going to keep going. I have a son who is going to be turning four years old this week, He's been growing up with technology in a way that we were younger. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to find the rest of the question. Yeah. Uh, oh no no no! I, that was the end of one email. Sorry, I almost bled into. Yeah the no, other. that's a good question. Yeah. Like I I have to think about that for a little bit. Splatoon. Definitely. Yeah, yeah Splatoon, Splatoon is the first one that comes to mind. Though I don't think it underwhelmed people as much as we said. Hey, at launch there just isn't a lot, so we're hopeful that there's more. That's underwhelming. And everybody, but everybody <laughs> said mechanically this is so good. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. If, Smash Brothers is kind of funny. If you go back to the first game, you see that tiny roster. And, like, if you look at the games now and, like, you see this giant book of rosters and, and it's, you also yeah. understand why Nintendo can't make a lot of other games at the same time, right? Like, it's very time-consuming. And, and just the, the amount of work it takes yeah. from Sakurai to but, get that game done. But I would argue that mechanically the ori- original Smash Brothers already felt like something special. Mm. Like, the mm-hmm. fun we had with it, you know, as did, like, uh, games like GoldenEye. And, yeah. like, you, you knew there was something really good there. Well, the WrestleMania stuff that came up but, during uh, the N64 panel. Panel we had, yeah, yeah. WrestleMania the was Wrestling great. Games, yeah. what, what games underwhelmed at first? I mean, I feel uh, like it may not have been underwhelming, but divisive. Wind Waker was certainly like when mm. it first came out, people were kind of like, oh, what is this? Yeah, but not underwhelming. No, but no, I, I think it's more divisive. Yeah. But then, yeah. people, and then it kind of cleared up. People like, still hold that yeah. grudge to this day. Oh like, yeah, I don't want the cartoon. Maybe I mean, you we talked about NES Classic and the original Mario Brothers being part of it, right? Yeah. That that was an underwhelming game to you, and that franchise with sequel Sword, right? Yeah. Like, well, they added. Super to They're, the front, and they made stages. Yep. So, no, and that know, definitely helped. like some things have have more humble beginnings. Like, I mean, there's a 2D wave race game in the in the in the past as well. So right? wait, answer this then, uh, since we're struggling with the answer to this it wasn't a good. A bit. It wasn't a great yeah. 2D wave uh, race. Game. Was Vito Eventual Racing good? Better <laughs> than the first Smash Brothers? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> no. You know what? Just straight up no. And like, I'm saying no right now. I'm sure if somebody looks at our reviews, Bar probably got a better review than than Smash Brothers. Um, uh, it can happen, right? So why? Like, why? Let's let's just go there. Sorry, uh, Eli, we're, we're struggling with your question. Because no, because you don't. You sometimes don't immediately spot the genius of a game, right? That's like true. sometimes there's a game you play for a week or two, and you're mm-hmm. like, "This is really good," but I wish there was more. I wish yep. there was a single player mode. I wish there was more for everyone in it. And then like a year later, you're like, "Yeah, I really wish there was uh, another mode in it," but we're still playing it. Right, mm. and like you realize how how good the foundation was for it. Okay, Beetle Adventure Racing is a very full fledged game. It could have more tracks too, right? Like that sure. was a that was a Need for Speed game by a great developer, just with Beatles. 
And yeah. I wish it had had more cars, but that would have taken we some need more Beatles. We need more Beatles in life. Do we? Charm Beatle Adventure Racing? No, we don't actually. No. I don't like insects. <laughs> All right, so we're done. It uh, was a terrible answer, answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Eli. We'll yeah. do a little homework and maybe uh, come back to this question yeah, next week. Yeah, it's a good week. one, though. I will highlight it. Uh, I think we gave them three good answers, though, to start, uh, you know. Yeah, um, but, but there are lots of examples. Just yeah. look at Star Wars games. Look at like, Shadow of the Empire and, oh, yeah. uh, f- and compare that to Rogue Squadron, right? Yep. Not the same franchise, but you, you get it. Yeah, totally. All right, well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN. Please leave us a review on iTunes or email us feedback at IGN, uh, excuse me, NBC at IGN.com. Uh, you can also send us questions for the question block. Just put that in the subject line, uh, question block, so we, I know what I'm looking at before I open that thing. And lastly, you can find us all on Twitter. You can find Brendan Graber at Raga underscore Fraga. You can find Pear Schneider at Pear IGN. <laughs> You're going to put your eye out with that thing. Pear's waving a baton. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. <laughs>